0: Hi, welcome to What Are the Tax Implications? I'm Ron Scott. I'm Jeff Rosenthal. We are your first call tax advocates here once again to help increase your financial and tax knowledge. In today's episode, we'll be talking with callers about medical expense deductions. I pay out all of this money to be healthy. Is there any tax break? What are the tax implications? And we'll be talking about the IRS examination, the audit, where you show the IRS why you think this is what you owe or what you should be receiving back, and they challenge you on that. And what are the tax implications? And lastly, the nursing home can be very, very expensive. There are options, including Medicaid, but in the end... How does this all get paid for?
1: Whether you're the CEO of your household or of your business, questions constantly arise regarding the tax consequences of your financial circumstance. First Call Tax Advocates is always here to answer your questions and offer educational background regarding the potential tax implications of your action. Ron and Jeff are your first responders. They are board-certified financial and tax professionals with over 60 years of experience. Please visit their website. FirstCallTaxAdvocates.com. That's FirstCallTaxAdvocates.com. Learn more about them, explore their resources, and leave a review of your experience. For more urgent matters, please call them toll-free at 833-568-8999. That's 833-568-8999.
0: The topics and responses discussed here are intended for general education. Our discussions are not intended to give you advice on your specific situation. We would advise you to seek advice from a competent and licensed professional. Tax law is always evolving, and our discussions are based on the law existing to date. Our first topic today discusses medical expenses and what are the tax implications. How we can uh, use the tax code in such a way that that money that flows out for our health has some type of tax relief. Hey, Jeff, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Ron? I'm doing wonderful. We got Mike from Mattawan. And Mike wants to know, hey, what can I do? I've been going to the doctor. And my insurance pays some of the money, but what about that that out-of-pocket? Jeff, what about these deductibles? What are the tax implications?
2: Great question. Okay, so let's get into the subject that nobody wants to talk about their health, but uh, but it is important and it is a big-ticket item, or at least potentially a big-ticket item. Uh, so there's two parts of this. First of all, everybody is entitled to the standard deduction. Uh, you get that as long as you can breathe in fog a mirror. Um, Your deductions, your itemized deductions, if they exceed the standard deduction amount, you then would uh, document your itemized deductions, which would include medical. Now, medical uh, has a floor. The floor is 7.5% of your income today. That has changed a bit over time, but it is currently at 7.5%. That means that your expenses have to be higher than seven and a half percent in order to get the first dollar. Okay, so so you said
0: income, seven seven and a half percent of your income that's got we, we need to refine that a little bit. It's your adjusted gross income, not your top line income, but kind of the that midline, the adjusted gross income. So, in order for you to even think about a deduction for medical expenses, you got to look at that adjusted gross income, multiply it by 7.5%, and that first 7.5%, you can't deduct. Is that right, that Jeff? That
2: is correct.
0: So, the what what can be included as a medical expense? I know that the doctor's bill itself, but what if I'm paying... Health insurance premiums, that's an out-of-pocket expense,
2: isn't it? So, first of all, it must be net money out of your pocket. So, if you pay for something and that you get reimbursed from your employer, from your HSA, or from some insurance company, you don't get to deduct the whole bill. You just get to deduct what is net out of your pocket. Okay, so you
0: got to keep good records. Okay, Mike? You got to keep good records. But- some people have their health insurance premiums paid from a, you know, they have a, a group health insurance plan at work, and it, and it comes out pre-tax. So your health insurance that's already pre-tax that you don't have to pay taxes on, um, you do not include in your calculation of out-of-pocket. That is correct. Okay.
2: Also, you know, a lot of people don't have insurance or are paying private insurance, and the net money out of your pocket, it would go into that seven and a half percent bowl of soup, as well as other medical. So, out of pocket. So your deductibles. Your copays, your prescriptions, your eyeglasses, your hearing aid batteries, your surgical supplies, and the one that a lot of people forget is you're also allowed eleven and a half cents per mile going to and from the doctor.
0: So there's a uh, there's a a mileage expense that you're also allowed to take, or I would imagine. the bus, the train, the plane, the boat, if you're going to the doctors, there's gotta be some type of not only the mileage, the the mileage, if you're driving, but the expenses associated with your traveling. Mike has a, has an additional question here, Jeff. So Mike is actually considering some cosmetic surgery. He's thinking about hair implants. Um, Is that something that is deemed a medical expense that is deductible?
2: Cosmetic surgery is a tricky item because sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't. Uh, But I would say, by and large, it is not deductible. There are some exceptions to that. But I also want to go back one second. A lot of people come into the office and present a bill that they received from the doctor or the hospital that wasn't paid yet, and they want to take a tax deduction. No, no, no. You actually have to pay the money net out of pocket in order to get a deduction. Right. That's important. Any deduction that you would like to
0: take, regardless, medical, mortgage interest real estate taxes, um, income tax, um, uh, your state income taxes, any of those will be, um, uh, you have to pay them in order to deduct them, Mike. Keep good records, Mike. And with regard to the cosmetic surgery, uh, talk to your tax advisor ahead of time. See if what you're choosing to do could be deductible. Good luck, Mike. Our next caller, who called us, what, about 10 minutes ago, Jeff? Ted from Tottenville. And Ted's got quite a story, and maybe it'll play out while we're here on this podcast session. So Ted um, Ted is, uh, is having his 2018 taxes reviewed or examined by the IRS. So he'd like to know what are the possible implications. Yeah, the show is one of the tax implications, Jeff, but you know, our boy Ted here, he's hes really looking for, you know, the crystal ball. Uh, how's yours working today?
2: Hi, Ted, my crystal ball they took away years ago and it doesn't work very well. Okay, so so Ted, a <laughs> little,
0: little, uh, little background on Ted. Ted has had his taxes prepared by a good friend of his who learned how to file taxes Online and has been helping Ted. He's a pretty smart guy. He's been able, helping Ted for about five or six years. So the challenge is, um, how credentialed is this person? Hey Jeff, does a tax preparation person who helps a friend online do they
2: have to be licensed to do that? Nope, no license requirement. Government's been trying to make it universal across the country, but nothing yet.
0: So so, Ted, you're okay with having your friend help you out with your taxes. But now the IRS has some questions. Jeff, what's the uh, what's the standard process for being notified that you have an examination?
2: They govern the government mails you a uh, audit notice, an exam notice. Both words mean the same thing. Uh, they suggest that you call them by a certain date and then they define, what items they're looking into, and when you flip the page, they go into the specifics of what they want in those items. So just because they want medical or charitable contributions or uh, mortgage interests, they sometimes will really uh, filter that down and ask a very specific question about this, that, or the other thing.
0: I wonder if uh, Ted's friend knows as much as Jeff just spoke about in that last 30 seconds. So, so Ted's friend is actually representing him at this audit. Um, Ted's home, texting away, calling people, freaking out, I believe. And, and his friend is representing him at the audit in front of the, the IRS tax compliance officer in this case. So, Is that allowable, Jeff? Can the tax preparation person represent in front of the IRS?
2: Legally, uh, no, but they will allow that unlicensed person to be there as a witness. Uh, This is what happened. This is what we did. But they cannot legally represent the taxpayer. Oh, boy. Here, Ted's
0: thinking that his friend is going to defend and prove and show this this IRS person. and I believe that Ted mentioned something about I've been making these deductions or taking these deductions for years. Why is it a problem now? Um, that doesn't sound like a good defense, does it, Jeff?
2: That's a horrible defense just because uh, they didn't uh, they didn't stop you or catch you or review your returns in the past. Now they can and have, but they can also look back. Okay, so so we're gonna
0: have to eventually, you know tell Ted that you know, it it might not be in his best interest to not have the right representation for sure. Um, he'll hear from his friend shortly. But Jeff, what are the possible outcomes of a of an IRS examination?
2: Well, the the Grand Slam, the Super Bowl, the Stanley Cup of all is the letter of no change. We've reviewed your return and we accept it as is, and there's nothing to change. Uh, everything else means that they found some kind of change. the The uh, audit report uh, would explain in detail what the changes that they're insisting upon. The um. The results of that, you either dispute or not dispute. And if you dispute it, you have a number of administrative procedures. You can ask the manager for a review, the audit manager. You can go for an audit reconsideration, an audit recon. You can appeal. There's a number of different ways to appeal. There's a... uh, CDP hearing, a collection due process hearing, and then the ultimate, if you are unsuccessful, you can go to tax court.
0: I wonder if Ted's friend knows about all of these potential outcomes, how to pos- <clears throat> position you know, this session that he's having um, with the IRS uh, professional, and you know, maybe Ted... Uh, look into uh, licensed professional representation in the future. Good luck,
1: Ted. Remember, the First Call Tax Advocates, Ron and Jeff, are your first responders, board-certified professionals over 60 years of experience. Visit their website, firstcalltaxadvocates.com. That's firstcalltaxadvocates.com. Learn more, explore, and leave a review. For more urgent matters, call them toll-free at 833-568-8999. That's 833-568-8999. And for you subscribers, we offer a complimentary consultation to discuss your tax matter.
0: Our next topic comes from caller Lorraine from Larchmont. Lorraine is asking questions about what happens when my, my mom passes away and her mom's in a nursing home and not doing well. Very, very sorry about that, Lorraine. Um, from a tax planning standpoint, uh, we, we have a few uh, pieces of education for you here to consider. Um, but mom's in the nursing home, bills are piling up. So, Jeff, um, what are the different th- things for Lorraine to deal with when mom passes away? What are the tax implications?
2: Uh, okay. So, Lorraine, um, the first question is, does your mom have a will or no will? Um uh, one would be test state and non test state, uh, intestate, and each state has their own rules about succession. Uh, generally speaking, uh, the bills that would accumulate of your mother would not become your responsibility.
0: So, whatever is left, as far as those big fat nursing home bills um, that are going to maybe come to the estate of the decedent, right? Because we're talking about estate planning now. So ultimately, the estate of the decedent uh, could be be responsible. But what if Lorraine's mom doesn't have any assets? Because maybe at this point,
2: she's spent down all of her assets. So Uh, what happens then? That's a great question. So first of all, A lot of people are under the misconception that the word estate means that they have a lot of money. We all have estates, Um, whether whether Lorraine's mom had virtually no assets or she had multi-million-dollar assets. She has an estate, Uh, but if the estate is so small, it probably does not have to go to probate court. Um, There are probably, other than personal items, the personality, the 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 odd piece of jewelry, the clothing, the a few knickknacks and some photos. None of that uh, is uh, of concern to the government in any which way. So
0: in Lorraine's mom's estate situation, if she has greater liabilities than she has assets, Lorraine is not responsible. She is the potentially the personal representative of her mom's estate, but she is not personally liable for any of those bills. So, Jeff, some people plan by utilizing long-term care insurance, and we'll talk about this in another session, but with regard to Medicaid, Medicaid is a is an entitlement program out there that a lot of people talk about. So, Could Lorraine's mom become eligible for Medicaid if she no longer has any
2: assets? Uh, The answer is yes. Uh, Medicaid applicability is state by state, but certainly it's available for low income people. Uh, Probably Lorraine's mom. Uh, it also has Medicare and the two together Medicare and Medicaid uh, would work in conjunction now Medicare is a federal program um, adjunct to the Social Security system and Medicaid is a state system
0: so so the Medicaid wow you could have 50 different flavors of Medicaid and The federal government subsidizes. Wow, this sounds like a great topic for another day. So getting back to Lorraine's specific question, so she will not be personally liable for her mom's um, liabilities. The nursing home will uh, send bills and collect as much as they can. Um, If Medicaid comes into it, they would be the major payer of those bills. Um, But from a tax standpoint, uh, when the day comes, Jeff, that Lorraine's mom passes, I mean, does she have to file any more taxes? Does the estate of Lorraine's mom have to file taxes?
2: Well, there each, so uh, the answer is dependent upon how much income uh, her mom has um, uh Incomes below a certain threshold are not required to file unless there's tax withholding. And in low income people, Social Security is probably not taxable um, if you're single or if you're married. Lorraine's mom might have income
0: from Social Security or a pension or maybe a required minimum distribution on an IRA or a qualified account. So that's income that's Going to her, but then it's being taken by the nursing home, probably. And in that case, when uh, Lorraine's tax return, Lorraine's mom's tax return is filed with those expenses uh, for the nursing home, more than likely it'll be a wash. Don't forget, there's also the standard deduction and the additional standard deduction for people over 65. So you might have to file a tax return. Okay. There may not be a tax liability. Potentially, there could be a refund. So Lorraine, again, we're, we're sorry about the situation, but hopefully you've picked up a few pointers during our education series about nursing home expenses and final tax returns. Good luck, Lorraine. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. You probably have additional questions, don't you? We are your first call. Remember, everyone's situation is unique, but we should be your first call. We are your first
2: responders. The 911 operator doesn't call you. Please call us toll free at 833-568-8999. Again, 833-568-8999 and visit our website at Call taxadvocates.com.
0: We'd love to know what you've learned today, so please leave a review on our website. We have attempted to appeal to a broad audience, but we wanna help everyone, if we can. In our next episode of What Are The Tax Implications? We'll be discussing topics from callers, including, hey, I'm a W-2 worker working from home. Thank goodness I still have my job. But what are the tax implications of working from home? Also, the IRS appeals process. We had a prior episode discussing the IRS examination. Now it's time to talk about the IRS appeals process. And lastly, there's a lot of charitable people out there. They have those uh, those intentions to help, but What are the tax implications with regard
1: to charitable giving?